Hello and welcome to another episode of My Fancy Zamboni Podcast. It's now episode 18 and we are joined by Mr. David Grant. Hello, Dave. Good evening, Joe. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Uh, hello, Andy. We are joined by Mr. Andy Stafford. Hi, everybody, again. <laughs> and we are joined by Mr. Gareth Dutton. Hello, Greth. Hello, Joe. Keeping it going. Hashtag who is Gareth Dutton. Um, so... Last week, uh, a little bit quieter than a couple of weeks just gone, but Belfast got the double over the Steelers, with the Steelers only getting one point. The flip side, the Panthers had Chris Stewart into their lineup and came out of the weekend with just one point with two losses. Um, and the Blaze and Clan game went into a shootout thriller, with the Blaze taking a narrow win, 6 5. Uh, what are your highlights from the weekend just gone then, gents? I think for me it was the um, the determination of the Giants uh, personally, and it's sadly to see because it meant they took over um, all on the Steelers both nights. But they showed a determination and a steal that you see in teams that go on to lift silverware. Um, they were down in both games. They showed grit. They showed character. Um, from a hockey fans' perspective, it was good, but. Uh, that was one of my highlights for this weekend. And also, fairness, a shout to the Coventry Blaze. They were 5-2 down about three minutes to go. Ticket to overtime on the shootout. Top work by the uh, the boys at the Skydome. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I like all that. It was the Coventry clan game that I would have seen as a highlight. I mean, you get like 5-2 up with like two and a half minutes to go. You don't really think you're going to lose... Off out on penalty shots, six five. That was a, a hell of a comeback. Yeah, for me it was the uh, Guildford Flames just edging past the Northern Kings Lightning in the shootout three uh, two. The form that MK have been on so far, you know, you know to play against Guildford to come out with a three two overtime loss is a great result for them. Uh, you no, know, Guildford have been fantastic this season. They've been one of the uh, one of those teams where the you know the, the pretty much dominated uh, some of the other teams where you thought oh they probably get a win here, but now Guildford have been fantastic all season and uh, for MK to come close in overtime it, it's a great result for them. It certainly is that that would be one of the ones for me in fairness the Guildford game and uh, and the the, the Blaze Clan game were the two that obviously were the the closest obviously you've got the Storm and Panthers as well going into overtime so three out of five games on the Sunday. The two of note for me were, I mean, the, the two that were noted to us while we were sat in Belfast was um, the Glasgow clan versus Dundee Stars. Um, I think, was it 7-0 that the clan were up in, in the first period? Um, and then obviously you've got the Panthers-Flyers game in which the Flyers were up 5-0 in Nottingham as well. So two teams that came out of the gates fast, um, really showing the difference that you can make when you come out as the uh, as the ready team. Um, so they, they were they were the two for me, but I certainly think the two the two close games against the Blazing Clan and the, the Flames MK games, we we both we said both of those games were hard to call, and uh, and they certainly proved us right on that one. Um, moving on from that, Dave, uh, I'll, I'll come to you because this is regarding goaltending. We've we've had a bit of a change in Coventry. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that one? That's it. Abuse the goal in the group. Yeah, um, yeah, we've. Um... Coventry have swapped the goal is uh, Copperver has left them again for the second time um, and they brought in uh, Hackett um, ex-NHL goal he was uh, the 77th pick by the Minnesota Wild in 09 um, last year he was in uh, Slovakia uh, played for Detva 
Um, in league action, he had a 3.67 goals against with a save sensitive of 89.7. But in their um, in their postseason section, he was down to 1.93 with a save sensitive of 92.6%. Um, now that team used four goals in the regular season. He was the one used. So it's it has a great NHL and AHL pedigree. Um, so to me, it looks like they've upgraded uh, Coventry. Uh, Coventry has done a great job for them both times. Um, you know, feel bad for him for being you know released again. But if you get a guy at this stage of the season with that type of pedigree, you take him. Um, as harsh it sounds. So long as he brings the right attitude, um, he will give players every every chance of winning every night. I mean, we, we all said at the beginning of, of, of this podcast that Wheatman would do that. Things didn't kind of work out in that respect, and he, now he's off to France. Copperville was a slight upgrade at the time. Now they've upgraded again. So they've done it, you know, they've kept progressing. So in that respect, yeah, they've made a few changes to the goalies, but they've got better in that department for me. Um and I think, you know, as long as he brings the right attitude, he, he's got that pedigree that, you know, could give him that shot at making 8-7-6 for the, in the playoffs. I feel sorry for Copperwood. He's been released twice now by the same club in the same season. After doing so well for them as well. I mean, granted, you get a choice of signing Matt Hackett, who... He's, he really is a, good, a really good goal, goaltender. I mean, I remember when he got traded to those guys from Buffalo. That was in the Jason Pomerville trade. That he, there was a, a bit of a big hype about him in Buffalo, but obviously back then we weren't the greatest. It's only like this season when we've actually done all right. Uh, he, in Slovakia, he actually looks like he's he's doing he did amazing. I'm not too sure why he went to the. ACHW league where he's only played two games there this season. It might have been personal reasons, but it's come to commentary and it seems that can be a a really good a really good help for them to get the playoffs. So that could be like the fifth, fourth place team in the league, maybe. Depends on how the the D men in front of him help. Yeah, it's a uh... It's it's been a difficult one for Capri there, and uh, as as Gref said, you know, you you've, you've got to feel sorry for him. He's been he's uh, uh, been let go once and let go again. Uh, but in fairness, with a player like like Matt Hackett, you know, um, in himself a fantastic goalie, he's got NHL experience, uh, and, and I think any team will be looking to have him have him on his, on, on his roster and uh, put some good numbers as well, uh, not just in the American Hockey League, but also. In Slovakia as well, uh, they had three eight games last season for HC Detva, uh, and three point six seven goals against average. That's uh, pretty good. And even in the in the ASHW, I know he's only played two games there for the rest time Red Wings, but uh, again, just three goals against. I enjoy it's a commentary team that have you know been doing pretty well. So I think having a solid goal ten on the back end will really help them. See, I'm a bit 50-50 on this one. I, I think if you look at the, the pedigree of, of of Hackett, then you think, yeah, you know, Stella signing, he's got the NHL and AHL experience. You, you know, that that can't be brought into question. Similar to when the, when the Steelers brought in Climie, um, obviously that AHL experience is certainly something that 
that boosts your opinion of that player because it, it can be difficult to read goalie stats at times, particularly when it's a case of he might have had a stint of playing seven games or at times or ten games at times, obviously, if they're the backup. Um, but you still don't make it to that level without having some skill and some ability about you. But the one thing for me is, I mean, last year he played 20, 28 games for HC Detver and one game for the Orlando Solar Bears. 29 games in total, so a fairly short season if he was going to play a you know, a lengthy season in Slovakia. We've we've said before the ECHL is a similar level to the to the elite league. So one game there and then twenty eight games in Slovakia seems like quite a short season. Um he's then had a break, he's played two games in the ACHW and that's it. And then he's coming into Coventry just post Christmas and New Year. So I I guess it depends on his fitness and in, and his and his ability and, and his readiness, I suppose, coming into the season, it, it may be an absolute stellar signing. It may be one where he signs, plays about te- plays ten games, and then gets into his stride. Is it going to be too late at that point? Who knows? But you know, certainly a wait and see signing for Capriva. I, I agree with, with what you guys have said. It's you know, you've got to feel sorry for the guy. He's been released twice now by the same club. Um, I really rated Capriva. I know that we we talked about this a, a few days ago off podcast. That I, I said that I've I've had him as one of my top goalies in the elite league. When he's come over to to Sheffield a couple of times that we've seen him, he certainly looks like a a goalie that's that's got you know, he made some stellar saves. A goalie that's got some good positioning about him and uh, certainly played with. I, I don't know if it's an Eastern an Eastern European thing. Uh, obviously, a lot of uh, a lot of rebounds, a bit of character, and you know a lot a lot of jaw-dropping saves at times but I don't know it's just one for me it's just got to wait and see um, as I say it's all about the readiness and his fitness when he's coming into this season now um, then Gref do you want to tell us about the other change that we've had in the league it is to do with the current league contesters it is the, the Cardiff Devils have obviously also made a signing they have it's uh, James Livingston is a six foot one right winger from Canada. He's played. He's playing in the DEL two. Put up some pretty decent numbers. Twenty five games, and he's got eighteen points, five goals, thirteen assists. Before then, he played in the EBEL and then AHL experience as well. He's got that's. It, look, it looks like he could be a really good signing for them down the line. I mean, I'm going to say he's probably going to be more of a playmaker looking at his stats, which would be great for them, especially if you put him in line with like the likes of Joey Martin. He'd be putting up, putting up a lot of points. For me, it looks a depth signing, but a de- type of depth signing that actually could be quite a, you know, a, a gem of a signing I mean, you know the guy's 200 plus games in the AHL and you know even over 100 games in the EBBL which is you know not the strongest European league but a league that actually has you know a fairly decent standing in the stature in, in the European market so having them type of games history you've got to be able to do something you've got to have something about you because you know especially EBBL imports don't if you're not good imports don't last long so okay you know you look at his bog standard points they're not Spartan, but I just get the feeling this is a type of signing that will give him some depth, but also just has something that, like Griff just said, could jump on a line with Joe Mine, could jump on a line with 
you know, any other their players. Uh, they've got a, a long stretch of games coming in, sort of, you know, back-to-back-to-back type games. Not literally three and three, but they've got a lot of big games and, and clusters. So another player to add to, because I think Hedhead's injured at the moment, um, it's going to help them out. Uh, you know, they, they're going for that three-peat. They're in the mix. I think this play, this signing will help them. Not, not the, the sparkling signing that, that their resume, their, so their roster has, but I think he'll do a good job for him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, really, really good sign overall. Uh, as as I think it's mentioned earlier, but he's a 2008 third round, uh, 70 overall, uh, drafted by the St. Louis Blues. Um, some decent stats as well. Even though it's only only the DL2, we second uh, German division, still put up some good points for them uh, for Bad Nauheim. You know, 52 games and 50 points uh, in 2017-18 season. And then... Uh, um, 18 points and 25 last season for the same club so I think it, overall it's, it's a good signing and as you've all mentioned I, I think it matter what sort of line of sky fits on I think he'll uh, boost, boost them massively even with uh, maybe some of the Brits as well just to give them a, a bit more confidence maybe one of the lower lines uh, but we'll wait and see but overall it's a good sign by Cardiff yeah, I think there are two different types of signings that wow you in the Elite League. Um, you get the signings like Chris Stewart, um, Aaron Johnson, Mike Hedden, people like that, Patrick Dwyer, the ones with the big NHL, AHL, KHL um, kind of you know CVs. And then you get other players that come in that you, you don't really know about. You know, you look at the stats and you think, okay, fair enough, they might do a decent job over here. And then they come over here and light the league up. There's every chance that, that this guy, that, that Livingston, could be one of those guys that comes over here, surprises people, and lights the league up. As you say, two two seasons or so, or a season and a half in the DEL2, um, a league that I'd say probably just under the elite league in terms of skill, 77 games over the, the season and a half with uh, 0.88 points per game. So not a bad... Not a bad CV, even even if it is a, a slight step down in, in ability to the Elite League. The one thing that I'd note about this is, had he signed in Sheffield, I I wouldn't be shouting from the mountaintops about it. Because if you look at his stats, 77 games, 68 points in the DEL2, 48 of those points are assists. And I think it depends on what kind of team you've got that this guy will fit in. If you look at him and go 68 points, you think, wow, yeah. But when you look at that and go, okay, 48 of those 68 have been assist. So he needs to be, he wants to be fitting in a team with a guy that he can feed. If he's going to be a playmaker player, he needs a guy that can put the puck in the back of the net. And I think in Sheffield, as an example, that's one of the things that we've been lacking. Certainly not one of the things that Cardiff have been lacking over the last couple of seasons and this season included. So... I agree with you guys. I mean, I could see him fitting on any line. Looking at his stats alone and where he's coming from, I'd say second or third line to start. But, you know, as I say, this guy could slot in on any line, particularly if he's the kind of uh, player that can feed somebody to get a few goals. But I agree with you, Dave. If they're, if they're looking at that contention for the uh, for the Elite League, bringing in a signing like this mid-season that can slot in on any line to cover for any injuries, to cover for anything that they need, you know, spot on signing. Um, okay, and then moving on from the signings then, we go on to something slightly more controversial. It comes out of the weekend, so three of us being Steelers fans, not the best weekend in terms of points. 
three of us having been in Belfast, maybe one of the best weekends in terms of the uh, the enjoyment. <laughs> um, they're two completely separate things. Um, but there was Don't about. yeah, well, um, but there was controversy. One one. I can't speak. There was one controversy that came out of the weekend regarding the Steelers head coach, Tom Barrasso. Um, I know there were a few tweets and social media was alight about it in um, Steelers fans defending and uh, other fans criticising. But essentially, the bottom line was Tom, Tom Barrasso didn't turn up for a post-game interview with the Giants. It's apparently the second time that he's done it now. I, I believe he didn't do it in, in Manchester either. What do we think to this, guys? Do we think it's as tragic as everybody's thinking? No. No. It'd be, it'd be good. I don't buy into the... I don't... So let me go into what I think, um, and then I'll make sense of that. I don't, I don't really... It doesn't matter if he hasn't turned up. Yes, you know, there's a league rule that you have to, or someone has to be there to do a post-match interview to you know use it a lot and then you see in their social media output that they'll say oh I see the reaction to X and Y coach after this game and if, if A club doesn't do that it ruins that kind of uh, persona that it builds but in the grand scheme of things you know big deal um, I've got to say the, the video that uh, the View for the Bridge guys did the official uh, post game interview was hilarious how on earth Simon Kitchen kept his a straight face, and I'll go back on Simon in a minute because there was another piece of controversy on that one. How he kept straight face doing that, knowing what Simon's like, he did well. Um, he, he out of the form, he is the biggest joker of them all. He, he likes a joke too. So how he kept, I don't know. I, you know what? For me, if there's a league rule that's been broken, then let's punish him and then move on because that's it. You know, it's the, you know, worst things happen at sea. But, you know, well, you know. If we're, if we're really, you know, wasting time about an interview not happening or have it happening, deal with the rule break, move the hell on. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's uh, just, you know, it, it, it's nothing really to be massively, massively annoyed with. I mean, I think it's a terrible league rule in the first place, but, you know, it's, Tom's a guy who just hasn't, He's, he's not got many ways to the press, let's put it that way. He's, he's not a massive press guy. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know. He's, he's, he's here to do a job, he's here to coach. And then that's it. I don't see why uh, everyone's making such a massive uh, sort of deal out of this uh, as, as, as what they are doing. But, you know, uh, I, I do agree with Dave that that, that Sam Kitchen interview was, uh, was comedy gold and uh, absolutely brilliant. Um, but yeah, I. I just don't understand the massive deal about it, really. Um, that's all I've got to say. See, for me, I, I'm not really going to lose any sleep over it. I mean, he's missed an interview. Not the first time, but oh well. As fans, should we really care about that? Not really. I mean, you get the the, the delights of the the humour that comes comes about with the the Simon Kitchen video, that which was hilarious. I'm sure it probably took him like eight takes or something to do. So he probably would have started laughing so many times. But if it's happened as it's happened and the league rules about it, get on with it and then move on, build a bridge and all that. The, the one thing I'll, I'll just chuck in, and I pre- appreciate Joe's been trying to get in, is it, it depends if the league are trying to do this, build this 
just you know image of we get all these interviews and it builds part of that and as much as i you know i you know i don't really care the, the ins and outs you know if, if it's not happened but if the league are trying to do this and you know and, and you see now a lot you know on on social media outlets you know, on, the, on the website you see the reaction after the games then in that respect the league need to you know not just not have a word but a word with Barrasso and the club because Barrasso has history of a wonderful relationship with the press, shall we say. Um, if Tom's not going to do it, and that's his prerogative, make sure someone else goes. Make sure Matheson goes as a system. Make sure um, O'Connor goes as a person, not playing, as in Mike O'Connor, not Ben. I don't know, send Dave Sims, but make sure someone goes. If this is what the league wants, at the end of the day, if the league wants, the league gets. So they need to make sure the club says, you know, the message needs to go to the club, you make sure someone does it. If Tom's going to go, then you have a replacement. End of. Yeah, I I agree. I'm, I just think the whole thing's stupid. I, I understand the reasoning behind wanting an interview. It, it adds for good content for the league. It, it looks good for the league. Um, just as a whole, from a professional perspective, um, Yes, I can see why a coach that's just watched his team throw away a third consecutive lead to lose the game wouldn't want to appear on the interview. That's we can all understand that, and I, and yeah, I, I agree with you, Dave. If if the if the club know that Tom's not going to do it, we all know, as you say, that he's he's been a bit of a um, a been a bit of a rebel and been a bit of a um, you know, an anarchist when it's come to uh, to come to the media rules and come to the uh, the interviews. But you know, if he's not going to do it, send somebody else. Fair enough. It, you know, if if there's going to be a sanction because that's the league rule, we can't really complain about it. If it's a rule, it's a rule. It's been broken. Punish it. But I I just don't see all this uproar on on social media, and it's the same thing with him leaving the bench after the game. To be quite honest with you, I don't really care. I don't pay my money to go to a game to watch the coach wave everybody off and shake the opposition's hand. Yes, you might say it's disrespectful, but you look at the NHL; they don't even stand the ice. They don't even have handshakes. They just leave. The guys are like an ex-NHL goalie who's used to that kind of principle and all of a sudden he's been expected to stand on the bench, give a little wave to everybody, walk off and then do an interview. You know, why are we all why are we all kicking off? What's the point? Why are we all losing sleep over it? And what no one knows, in essence, is they may shake hands afterwards. He may go around and, and say well did afterwards. But like I said, you know, he's used to that, you've done the game, go. So, but one thing, I, the other point I want to make when we spoke about Simon Kitchen is he got a bit of um, heat from the Sheffield fans um, about his commentary on the overtime winner? Now, I've not heard it yet, but I can picture it. Now, myself and Gareth, look, we know Simon through, through GB and myself with the All-Stars. Simon's not a shrinking violet when it comes to his personality. He He's a very passionate hockey fan, experienced hockey player. He represented Ireland at international level. Um, so he knows hockey. Um, and he got a lot of heat because... He got a bit loud, got to be excited. He's commenting on an overtime winning goal against the team that is a rival of the of the Giants. Now I don't know what your guys think. I'm this one. I don't care. You know, if, if a commentator on a webcast wants to have a bit of passion, go for it. Hell forever. I mean, there's there's, there's video clips when I did it years ago. Mm -hmm. Used to do audio commentary on Steve Live. And it was it was a game that was so tight in, in that season, and Derek Campbell equalised. I've just gone completely ballistic. But that's 
you know, if you look at it from a different angle, if you've got fans doing it who are passionate to do a job and get the, the, the opportunity to, to call in a game that has that moment, you're going to get moments of, of genius. Um, that's what I think it is. Um, what would you guys think? Do, you, do we ex- should we have you know webcast too neutral, too bland, or, or should we have a bit of you know character, a bit of bit of uh, fun, a bit of enjoyment? When you click purchase on that on that webcast, you know you're buying that team's webcast. To be honest with you, I don't buy the webcast. Going, I'm not going to bother with that one because the commentators are too biased, or I'm not going to go on that one because the commentators are you know they're not as good. I buy it because I want to watch the game. So for a start, I don't see the point in complaining about it. You, the, the commentary isn't stopping you from seeing what's going on and watching the game. The commentary may cost you a new pair of speakers if Dave is the person that's on the other end of the microphone. <laughs> I've heard the recording numerous times of, of that one, mate, and uh, I think you nearly broke my speakers on the recording, let alone at, at the time. I, I, I remember at the other time we got tweets coming saying, thanks, I need a new set of speakers. <laughs> But it's, it's it's one of the things you get a goal in that scenario, and if you you know if you're not a professional commentator, which and no disrespect to any of them, no um, no play-by-play guys who do webcasting in the elite league are professionals. They're all you know volunteers, passionate volunteers. If you'll get caught up in that game because the game's that good or that back and forth, they, these things happen. But that's the thing, though. I mean, I think what people don't realise is that, as I say, that for a start, you're, you're buying their webcast it's not a league webcast where the league sends somebody to commentate it's their webcast it's that team's webcast it's that team's commentary do you know the commentators are fans of that team the thing is if they weren't passionate about the team they wouldn't be good commentators because they'd not be paying attention to the game because they'd be just sitting there going oh I'm not bothered how this ends the people that have probably started at those games watching the games going oh this is great cheering when their team scores so when you give them a microphone and say, oh, can you do a play-by-play in a commentary whilst the game's going on? Yeah, that's fine. But they're still going to celebrate when their team scores. It's still their team at the end of the day. I mean, what do you think? I'm with John. It's when you, you're buying the, the webcast to watch hockey. I mean, if you don't like the commentator, you've got a mute button, press it. You can turn the volume down as well, all the way down. you got to listen to them then. It's... I've, I, heard, I heard the commentary for, for for the Belfast game, and I liked that passion. If you don't have that passion whilst call, calling the game for the team that you support, you're not really doing you're not really in the right job. Personally, what I thought. Again, uh, this is one one thing. Well, another thing that I just can't get my head around. People were reacting the way to it. I mean. Yeah, it, it's a Giants webcast. It's not a Steelers one. It's no one else's. It's Giants. And at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's said as well, the volunteers, they are volunteers for the club that are doing it for the club. And why can't you show some passion? I mean, that's all part of it. If, if you're not showing passion, then how is that person going to get enjoyment of, of doing these things? I mean, he's, he's not getting paid for it. I don't think so anyway. But it's doing it on behalf of the club. So why can't he as a person show that? Not just for him, but for the Belfast fans who couldn't make it to the game as well. So this is why I just don't understand why it's a massive deal. The other thing that makes me laugh at it is people complain when teams don't put a webcast on. I, 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 you know, I'm one of them. In Venice, I think at this point, if, the, if, we're at a, such a, if, if we're at a point where the league's trying to be so professional that they're trying to make it a... 
and you know a mandate that that coaches go and do an interview after the game. I also think they should be making it a mandate that teams provide webcasts. I think that's the next step to making this this league more professional is having a webcast for every team. Obviously, we know that the um, that the, uh, the the Neil Black owned teams, the Panthers, the, the clan don't have a webcast. Obviously, Guildford don't have a webcast at the moment. And when we play in Guildford, when we play in Nottingham, when we play in Glasgow, you get the fans that can't travel and you get the fans that go, oh, well, why is there not a webcast? And then all of a sudden, we're playing in Dundee, we're playing in Belfast, we're playing in Fife, and it's, oh, the, the, the commentators are biased. Well, yeah, but you can't have your cake and eat it. You're asking for a webcast. The webcast is being put on by their production, by their crew, just... Deal with it, as I say. I mean, I listening to a hockey game, watching a hockey game in silence is a horrible thing. I can't, I can't mute the commentary. I just find it really, really strange. I, I don't know, I don't know why. I just feel like there's going to be some background noise. But yeah, I, I agree with Gref. If you don't like it, mute it. But or don't buy it. But you're watching, you're buying the webcast because you want to see the game, not because you want to listen to the commentary. Yeah, uh, moving moving on from that. Anyway, I think we could do that to death. Um, Going on from that, we've had the CHL. Obviously, it's, it's uh, something that we've tried to cover and, and discuss all the way through. Something that we've all said that we enjoy watching. Obviously, Dave, Andy, and myself have, have had the uh, you know been lucky enough to travel to a couple of those games uh, to go and watch it away. We're now into the semi-finals, gents. We obviously had Frölunda taking a six-three win. And uh, Munich Salzburg going to a nil-nil tie and a dead heat for the second leg of the semi-final. What what do we make of of the draws at the moment? What, who do we think are we are we sticking with? Who we think is going to win? Who do we think is going to win the semis? Just just what what are what are your thoughts? First of all, I feel like Joe's stealing my patch. This is my domain. Um, you know, let's have less of that, Joe. Sorry, um, mate. I'll let you. I'll let you decide. I'll let you give the social media <laughs> details later on. It'll be fine. Oh, thank you, Joe. Now, all, all seriousness aside, I think, we, if we're honest, I think we all thought Frölunda would take a win to Pilsen. Um, I don't think anybody expected a goalless draw um, in the Red Bull derby. And if anybody caught the Red Bull derby, oh my God, what a game that were for no goals. There were hits, there were saves, and it got tasty as at the end of the game. Um I actually had to feel sorry for um, Aaron Murphy. It wasn't the case of commenting on the game. It was constant uh, saying, we apologise for the language, as the um, the referees were obviously trying to split up the, uh, the fracas, shall we say. Um, and it was just a great game of hockey. And I think next week, um, the return leg, which is, again, sold out. Um, I think it sold out 24 hours after the f- first leg. Uh, not the biggest of buildings, but, you know, still. Uh, Salzburg doesn't normally sell out for CHL games. So... If you get the chance to watch either games, watch them. They're on both different days, so we get you, know, you get the chance to spend the time to watch both of them. I think Pilsen will be the interesting one. Uh, they've got to go for it. They've no choice. Um, but against a team that's finding its form, both in the SHL in Fulunda, it's going to be very difficult for them. Um, now I, I, I've gone Fulunda. I think they've got they they can start booking their theoretical. Uh, Playing tickets to the final because I think with how it all pans out, they'll host it. But uh, roll on the um, the game seven in uh, Salzburg. I watched the games as well. I, I mean, that 
Munich Salzburg game was it was one of the one of the fine, greatest games of hockey I've watched for a good while. For a nil nil draw, anyway, that was brilliant. I mean, at, towards the end, you saw what uh, I play. I think it was a Munich player getting a, a ten minute misconduct for trying to incite from the bench. That was hilarious to watch. And then the from the Pilsen game was pretty good. I mean, for Pilsen, it was all one person that scored, Connor Allen. It was a defenseman, but one of his goals was short-handed. And he just went all the way down to the end of the range and just put it. Beautiful in goal. It was, it was one you wouldn't have. It was a, I've got to say one thing. One thing I'll go back on Munich Salzburg game is that the referees were all mic'd up. I, I howled because it's all the track cars going off, they're all pushing and shoving, and the referee just comes in. So then, boys, are we all right here? Cars on nothing happened. And I'm just like, and everyone just kind of stopped. I was like, howling. Um, and this is one line that just stopped everything. And in fairness, you know, there was nothing called until the very end. And every whistle, there was, you know, referees had to spin up. Um, don't know what you thought, Griff. I thought the referee in that game, in that particular end of the game, because it was so tight, I thought it was absolutely spot on. I thought it was spot on as well. I mean, he made it fairly even as well during the, the fracage at the, towards the end. Because it was just pretty much two players that caused it all. Guarantee you, Gref's yeah, never used the word fracage until that moment. <laughs> Sorry, Andy, go on. Yeah, both games were, were interesting. Uh, yeah, the referee in, in the uh, Salzburg Munich game was really good. Uh, I remember one instance when uh, one of the players uh, went pick his, put his stick on the ice with a face-off, and the referee said to him, put his stick on the ice, you don't want to get a, a face-off lay penalty. Well, yeah, that, yeah, that made it put you down. Um, but in terms of Holland in, in, in that Salzburg Munich game, what a goaltending class that was between uh, Steve McCulloch and Danny Adenberkin. Uh, just end-to-end stuff, and both had to be called, up, called on very regularly. And but both did fantastic jobs. I think the only chance that uh, either team had was Salzburg hitting the pipe. Um, but overall, fantastic game. Uh, very much looking forward to, um, to the second leg. And... Uh, I think that Pilsen missed quite a few chances in, in that Philander game. I mean, uh, the first 10 minutes, it was a power play. Uh, one of the players, uh, deep past the goal, he, he, the goal was way out of his crease. He, he was out. You know, there was always been make a save if, if a shot was stuck. Uh, but uh, a Pilsen player did turn out a shot, and, and it was way wide on, on an open goal. But um, still, still a good game, but I think Pilsen should have buried more chances as than they probably did, but um, fair play to Flunder did quite a few uh, short-handed goals and some nice goals as well, especially, especially from from uh, one of the young, one of the young players. Um, let's get his name. One of his young Rakstani, I think his name is. Um, yeah, Rex Rakstani, a uh, very young player, uh, had a very good game for Flunder, scoring two goals. Yeah, I think with the uh, with the Fulunda Pilsen game, I think it's it's difficult when you come out of a game six three loss. You know, you look like you've put up a good uh, put put up a good, a good effort. I think a lot of players on that roster would be would be kind of scratching their heads and thinking what more they could have done. I mean, when you when you when you put three up in a game, great, you've put a good effort in. But then when you look at that and think all three goals have come from the same player, 
You know, if a couple of other if a couple of other guys on that team could have pulled the finger out and, and buried a few chances, as Andy says, having a few chances open there, a couple of other guys can bury those chances, then it's a different ball game. Um, but I don't think any of us would have expected a different result in terms of the winner. I know that Pilsen have been the favourites based on previous results across the tournament. I know that obviously, if it is a case that they go through to the final, it's the top seeded is it the top seeded team that ends up having to host the final. Is that, yes. is that right? And Pilsen would have, would, would have been the ones to host if they made it through because they would have Pilsen had accrued most points throughout the tournament so far um, to give them the, the right to host it. But I think it was either going to be them or Frilunda. Yeah. So, I mean, regardless of that fact, I, I mean, I, I certainly would have still put the money on Frilunda. Um, but a good, a good game anyway. 6-3 game. Lots of goals. It's always nice to see a high-scoring game. Uh, and then you get the complete opposite and the complete contrast, the nil-nil. 57 shots in a game to come out nil-nil. Pretty spectacular, to be fair. And, and in fairness, certainly wasn't the boring game that a nil-nil scoreline may suggest. Um, certainly a good game to put a bet on, because if you put your money on the nil-nil result, <laughs> I bet you'd have, uh, you'd have been quids in there, because I certainly would have uh, liked to seen the odds on that one. But not much more to say on that, to be fair. Great great comp- um, you know, great competition against two, te- two fantastic teams. Um, setting up for a fantastic second leg and in fairness that's the same for both games a great second leg coming up on both very much so I think uh, Pilsen for London is next Tuesday and Salzburg Munich is next Wednesday um, and I, if I read correctly but you know, don't hold me I believe both may be on free sport um, as they're on different days so um, bring it on if, if it's the Wednesday they will be on the free sport because it's elite league hockey. So you get to see my my much on TV. Of course, yes. Do we have to? I'm not. I'm going to turn Premier Sports off for that. If anybody wants to see what Greth yeah. looks like, free sport. <laughs> free sport. Yeah. If anybody wants to see what Greth looks like, turn on to free sports, and he's the uh, he's the one with the glasses and no teeth. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, moving on from the CHL, we'll stick with the, we'll stick with the uh, the international competitions for the time being. Just a little bit on the Conti Cup. Obviously, kicks off tomorrow. Uh, Belfast Giants going into the final there and hosting that as well. What do we reckon, guys? What, what, who's the money on? Do we think Belfast will do it? I think it's going to go to the very last game. Uh, they play the, the Kazakhstan team, um, Ariel Kokshetu. Um, I I think they'll reverse the game against uh, Katowice Gomel. I think they'll they'll start so well. I think it's between them two to win the cup. Um, I, for myself, if I, I want Belfast to win the, the Connie Cup solely because then there's two spots in the CHL for the Elite League. Um, and I don't think they can do it. They're at home. They, you know, they've got lucky in the respect of they've had a home run. And that's not, but you know what? You've got to be good to be lucky and lucky to be good, as uh, as Tidica phrase from Aaron Murphy. And um, you know, oh, you know, all the best to him. Yeah, I feel like they it will come down to the last game as well. I mean, that's gonna be one hell of a game to watch. It's it'd be great for them to win it. I mean, for the the league itself and also the two spots in the CHL as well, I'd be even better. It's just going to be a good, I'd say, a good year for EIHL in that respect. I think it's going to be very close to how I look at it, uh, but Belfast stand a very good chance and uh, it'd be great 
uh, if they could win it, but I also do believe that they've, they've got a great chance of definitely winning it. Uh, there's some good teams in that in that tournament, uh, but I, I think Belfast have a, have a really good depth, and they've also got the confidence of, of the two games this weekend going through. They'll be buzzing from that. Uh, so I think they have all the confidence in 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 from the crowd, the coach Adam, Adam Keith, and just confidence in themselves to really uh, to to really dominate this tournament. And uh, I believe they that they can do it. Yeah, I have to say on the performance over the weekend, I didn't think the Steelers came out particularly great. First forty minutes of the uh, of the first game, and we just looked. We, we looked like we were playing as a team of individuals. I think the scorelines not necessarily flattered Belfast, but I, I, I well, if anything, if anything, the opposite. I certainly don't think that first game should have gone to overtime. Halfway through that first period, and I was thinking, you know what? If I was a Belfast fan, I'd be disappointed if this if this period ended nil nil, and as it ended with the Steelers up, and and I think obviously they came back in that game. They came back in the second game, but both times, I mean. Neither team really played particularly well. The first game, we, we made Beskarawani look distinctly average, some of the goals that he was letting in. Made some good saves, to be fair, but I don't think he had his best game. Certainly pulled the stops out on the Sunday. Based on their performance over the weekend, I, I'd be surprised if they could pull something out of the bag um, in terms of a win in the Conti Cup this weekend. But it's a different weekend um, completely. You know, It depends how they come out of the gates. You know, if they're, all their players stand on the head, if they get that first line buzzing, if they get the likes of Dwyer, Bound, Murphy hitting the back of the net, you know, every chance that they could get that win. Um, you can only play with what's in front of you at the end of the day. They took the four points from the weekend, and obviously, as you say, Andy, that'll give them a lot of confidence. So, no reason to think not. But if not, if they don't get the win, certainly still done something to be proud of. They faced some good teams in this tournament, just like the Steelers did last year. Um, and it's, even to get to the finals, it is a great achievement. So either way you look at it, they've, they've done a stellar job. But you know, fingers crossed, I agree with David. It'd be great for the, for the league and also it'd be nice to have that second CHL spot. So I hope so. I hope they can do it. But I wouldn't be putting my money on it. And that, that's, that's, not me, that's nothing against Belfast. But with just how close it is in particular, I wouldn't be putting my money on it. Um, sticking in Belfast for one last incident discussion I know we talked about the Barrasso incident there's another thing that's, that's, that's cropped up from the Steelers-Giants game that I just wanted to discuss with you guys see what you think um, the Giants first goal I believe it was on the Saturday um, with the Giants-Steelers Blair Riley put the goal away in front of the Steelers fans stood there for a good 30 seconds or so with his arms out, staring at the Steelers fan base, clearly celebrating in the face of the fan base, in front of the fan base. Um, and, it, and it got a reaction. Got a reaction from one particular Steelers fan who stood there and gave him the bird, which is quite, <laughs> made for quite a funny picture. Um, but, you know, it, 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 it certainly has prompted a lot of reactions. I know that people are liking it to the Zach Fitzgerald incident. Um, obviously, he got a ban for inciting the crowd um, Steelers fans liking it to that and, and saying that it should be getting a ban. Other people saying it's not so bad. Oh, I just want to see what you guys thought. What, what was your take on the incident? I don't think it's a ban worthy, uh, but I don't think it was a bit very, very disrespectful, to be honest. I mean, it wasn't the playoff finals, you know. Uh, if it happened in the playoff finals, fair enough. Or any other competition, that, that's fine. But against a team that's struggling to find form, Consistency. I just don't see 
what the point was to just stand there against the glass with your arms out for how many hours, for God knows how long, but it's a bit over the top for me. Um, I think it, it was right to get a few reactions. I think any other team would have done the same. Uh, but yeah, just a bit too too over the top and a bit too uh, a bit too much from Riley. I'm completely the opposite. Um, I have no problem with it per se. Um, it shows two things. It shows how the team had got into the Belfast Giants' psyche, especially being 2-0 down. It also showed how the fans got into the psyche. Because the fans, you know, in fairness, normally, double-headers, teams take a great turnout. Sheffield, no different. Great turnout from for the Sheffield fans. Between three, three and 400 went over. It was a really good turnout. Um, so for him to do that, do you know what? It's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a character move. For me, if I'm one of the Steelers players... Next shift, I may have had a word with him. You don't just disrespect a, a, a fan base like that. But it's a character move. I, I, I for me, I, I see where you're coming from, Andy. But I'm, I'm, I'm the opposite way. I just think it was a character move. It showed a bit, showed a bit of passion. I think you know we, we lack a bit of passion, and for me, it showed that. And especially as captain, it was one of them. Get on my back. I'm taking you all on. I'm taking the team on. I'm taking the fans on. I want two points. Bring it. Yeah, I, I, I'm on the same side as you, Grunty, with that one. It's a character move. I loved it. I mean, even if that was against us, I still would have loved it. It was like, your, your, your fans were all celebrating before and cheering and celebrating, chanting and whatnot. And he's just made you focus all the attention, not on chanting or anything, but hailing abuse just at him. So he's literally like thrown that, took them out of the game. Like, yeah, come on. I'm here. What are you going to do? It was just brilliant. I thought it was great. I mean, didn't that happen? Didn't your goalie do that once in Nottingham? That's that was playoffs, though. That was playoff finals, wasn't it? That was Lehman after we won the playoff finals. <laughs> that was brilliant. Still in playoffs. Yeah, no, I know. I agree with you. You know, to be honest with you, I mean, he took a gamble for a start. Nobody seems to appreciate this, but he took a gamble. I I agree with you, Dave. He did it to he did it to shut the well. To be fairness, Dave and Greth in the, in the he he did it to shut the fans up. Did it to shut the fans up. Did it to try and make a difference in the game. He took a huge gamble with that because they were still two one down. And if the Steelers had popped a couple more in, the fans would have carried on. It would have been more aimed at him. Could have gone completely the other way. As it turns out, he took a gamble. It paid off. For me, I can see where Andy's coming from. In, in saying it's a little bit too far I don't agree with the fans that are saying it's a ban I know that Andy obviously I know you said it wasn't bannable I don't agree with the fans that are saying it's a ban they're likening it to the incident with Zach Fitzgerald when he got the ban which for me is completely different Fitzy did the Fitzy reacted and incited the fans after he'd made a bad hit if memory serves me right and he was actually celebrating or gesturing and, and inciting the fans as he went off the ice from being sent off from the bad hit Completely different story to be going off the ring, celebrating and inciting fans after you've just knocked out one of their guys or made a head check on one of their guys. Completely different story to going in front of the fans and going in the fans because you scored a goal. End of. There's no question. The one thing for me that really, really stood out from that is not a single person on the Steelers bench did a thing. I'd have liked to have seen the fact that somebody on that, on that, I agree with you, Dave. Somebody on that Steelers bench comes off and goes, "Do you know what? 
that's that's not on disrespecting you're disrespecting our fan base you know you're trying to you're trying to change the game in that kind of respect we're not going to let you do it let's go out we'll have a scrap we'll go toe to toe end of draw a line under it and just it wasn't even like anybody blinked I mean, I, I agree. So, you know, it's it's identity. It's the club's identity. And, and a lot of people are saying, in terms of Belfast, it's the, the fans and the club at one, and the, say, same the card of the fans of the club at one. And for me, I feel, my personal thing is, if it would have shown, even if it just, you know, you know, you know give him a slash, a cross-check, and you know, said, you know, you don't do that. It just shows that identity that we are all, we're all Sheffield, and, and it could be any team. It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, it's just this example, but it just shows a, a, a one and all identity um, that I think would have been certainly would have gone down well with the fans. We don't see any of that at the moment. As I say, we, we looked like a team of individuals in that game. There wasn't a lot of team playing the first half of the game. To be fair, um, I mean, to be honest, we, we saw we saw the players on in, in the airport on the way back. Um, they were on a flight ten minutes before ours going to Leeds Bradford and and. They didn't even look like a team then. They were dotted around the airport in singles or pairs. They they weren't sat as a team, and on the ice they didn't look like a team. It, it, it just you know it was all about one guy gets the puck, skates it as far as he can get it, and then he gets tackled, he gets intercepted, and then it's we've got to get that puck back again. It wasn't a, oh this is the play that we're making, move it to him, move it to him, make the play up the up the ice. And every time Belfast did that, we looked scared. We looked like we were backing and backing and backing into our zone. Soon as we got the puck, one guy skates it up, turns it over, and then we're back in that same position again. So it doesn't surprise me that nobody did anything. I agree with you. It's all it's about making that presence and setting that identity. But I just don't think we looked enough like a team this year to have done that. Um, but you know, as I said, at the end of the day, he, as I say, it was a gamble. It took a gamble to try and make, have an effect on the on the scoreline, and as it turns out, it worked. Bottom line. But yeah. Anyway, moving move, moving on from that. As I say, I just want to see what you guys thought. I know that social media's kind of exploded uh, from a Steelers' point of view. I know that other people have been going on the other side of things. So I just want to see where we are, um, what what we thought about it. Um, looking back at it now, I can see why it was funny at the time. It was it, it was agitating. Um, it was it was annoying, but that was the whole point. That was the whole point. All these fans spouting off on Twitter. That's that's what he wanted when he did it. But. So I've got one last thing on the agenda before we move to the upcoming games. Um, the GB World Championship uh, World Championships in Kasichi are obviously coming close. They are this year now, as uh, Dave and Greff will probably both have beams on the faces at. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Pete Russell has now announced his squad for the Dinamo Riga game. Um, so... Yeah, I know. Just, but I guess well, I'll throw it over to Dave and Greth as they're the, they're the two, the two GB boys on on, on the team and there and, and see what you guys think and uh, what we got to say about it. So the squad that's been selected is it was very much one just for this game, um, and I think a lot of fans either don't realise or forgot that there are five warm games. This is game one, so he's picked a squad for this particular game. The players who are available, but also. The ones who we can have a look at, because um, you know he this is going to be the toughest selection he'll ever make when it comes to the final 25. Um, I and mean, if we quickly just go through the roster um, that's selected for this game, bounds and whistle in the goal, um, 
Tim Billingsley of the Panthers, Dallas Art of the Storm, Mark Garside of the Giants, Steve Lee, Panthers, Evan Mosley of the Devils, Ben O'Connor, Dave Phillips of the Steelers, Mark Richardson of the Cardiff Devils, Zach Sullivan of the Glasgow Clan, Paul Swindlers of Belfast of the D-Men, forwards of the Betteridge, Jordan Cowley of Dundee, Ben Davis of Guildford, Robert Dowd, Robert Farmer, Luke Ferrara of Coventry, Mike Hammond of Manchester, Lewis Hook of Belfast, Robert Lakovich of the Panthers, Ben Lake of the Coventry Blaze, Cameron Long of the Storm, um, Matthew Myers of the Cards Devils, Brett Pulley of the Panthers, and the captain, Jonathan Phillips, of the Steelers. So that's just what he's gone for for this particular game. There are a, a few notable omissions um, from that roster, but I suspect that will change in every single game. We've got two more KHL games in April, along with the friendlies against Hungary and Italy. And I, for me, I, I, I look at this and Pete Russell is going out. I, I, he'll have his core... 16, 17, 18 that he knows is on that plane. The goalies pick themselves. I think the third goal is who do you go for in terms of experience or give experience? And I think it's just more about who do we think can fit in and do a job. You could take, I believe, 25 players. You could, you know, a 20-man roster, but you could take 25. Whereas in 1A downwards, you can't take, you think it's 22, 23. So you could take another two players. Um, I don't know about you, Gref, but it's a surprise again. It's for this one game, but it's a surprising squad. But it's a squad that has a fair bit of. Like, that's not a bad pick. That's not a bad selection. It raises a few eyebrows, but in a good way. It, yeah, it really does. I mean, <clears throat> the first two players that I noticed on the list for this game was Ben Lake and Tim Billingsley. Because I didn't really know if they were eligible to play for GB, but it seems that they are, and that's some great acquisition for. A, for us, one that I wasn't really sure about, but I can guess he's gone for just because he's got GB experience, which was for Lacho. I mean, so far this season, he's played 37 games and he's only got seven points, two goals, five assists. I, I think. Is yeah, I, I, The only thing I can think of is he's actually, he's actually gone for experience with that lot, with that list of players that he's given. For, for this game, anyway. I think Lacho is—he he, has—he's like Farmer in the effect of you put him in the GB shirt, he grows about six foot, he, he puts on over forty pounds, he, he becomes a better player. Um, you know, it's that honour of wearing the national jersey that makes him a lot, a lot better a player. And he's got again his experience of going through the juniors at WHF tournaments is, is you know. Invaluable, uh, especially at the very top level, where you know it's used to the referee. And we've mentioned before, it's a lot more zero tolerance. So used to them, you know, it's, it's the game is it's the game within the game type thing. And I think that's where you, you have that type of player. You have him in your your team. I have no, I have no problem with that. Um, and I'll throw this to, to Joe and Andy. And we've we've had this discussion off off podcast. Is you know what type of team would you take out to Kasiji? Is that the type of team announced today? Is that the type of team that you'd be happy with? Or are there players that you'd bring in instead of? Yeah, well, had um, uh, for that, that Ben Lake was eligible, I, I think I definitely would have had Ben Lake on my team. I mean, he's, he's been fantastic. Uh, that's a great fun for Coventry. Uh, but, yeah, pretty much the same team. Uh, I think it's what I'd have. With, with Lakovic, yeah, he's, he's, he's not got many points this season, but when you look at times when he's representing GB in the past, uh, in the 2017 season, he got a point over there. Um, 
and obviously in 16-17 he, he played five games and got four points and it, it's been fairly consistent with uh, GB scoring for GB and if he compared to other players that I, I could have chosen uh, certainly from a Great Britain perspective for me he's got that few more points that maybe will will make will made him uh, earn that spot for more than others will so that's why I I would have chosen Lukovic. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't. When I, when I drafted my team, and we all said that we were going to write our own team down and see what we thought. When I put my team down together, I didn't have Lakovic on my team. I, I wouldn't have. I think Lakovic had a, a great chance to progress his career when he was younger. Um, he then signed a ridiculously long contract with the Panthers, I think, and then turned down any opportunity to go over and play North America or or Europe. If I'm honest, should have taken those chances. Would have had a chance to progress his career a bit more. When he started his career, he looked like he was going to be another player similar to Robert Dowd, a guy that could have brought some goals, a guy that could have brought some some point scoring prowess, whether that's goals or assists. Um, right now, I mean, I'd have him down as a solid third liner in, in the league at the moment. So, yeah, difficult, but I wouldn't have had him on my on my list. There are a couple on there. I wouldn't have had Zach Sullivan on there either. Obviously, I mean, it says on the article, um, you know, the, the actually quote of Pete Russell who said that we want to give as many players as, as possible the chance to impress and this game will just be the start of the process. We've left out some experienced hockey players for this camp and opened the door for others to stake a claim and also gain valuable experience at the highest level. So it is that you know this list isn't just for players that are going to be going over there, as Dave's already said. This list is to give people a shout. Obviously, we're going to have your core guys again, as Dave said, but you're going to have some guys that he's not really sure about, and this gives them a chance to make a bid for their position. This gives them a chance to go right. I've got a chance to showcase what I can do here. Give it everything that I've got in this game and see where it goes. So for that game, completely, completely see where the where the rush is going. But I'd draft a slightly different team if I was going to take for the team that I'd take to Kasichi. What would that team be then? Let's just go around the table. What would that team be, Jim? Okay, I'll, I'll kick off. So the three... your general manager, GB. Who are you taking to Kasichi? Um, well, me for a start, because I'm not going in there in May. But <laughs> um, no. Um, so the three netties that I'd take, I'd be taking Bounds, Whistle, uh, as the obvious two, and then I'd be taking Gospel, young, young 24-year-old netminder, um, obviously in and out of the Elite League and uh, the NIHL. But give him some good experience. Um, he, he's stepped up to the mark a fair few times when he's been in there. So a guy that can that can, that can step up to the plate if needed. Um, and my 8D would be Davy Phillips, Ben O'Connor, Josh Batch, Stevie Lee, Paul Swindlehurst, Mark Garside, Mark Richardson, and then I have Tetlow in there as well. And then my forwards would be Jonathan Phillips, Robert Dowd, Colin Shields, Robert Farmer, Mike Hammond, Evan Mosey, obviously can play forward or D, so a good asset there, Brett Pellini, Liam Kirk, Kieran Long, Jordan County, Luke Ferrara, um, Matt Myers, Ben Davies, and then Ben Lake would be my uh, fourteen forwards. So slight difference there, but only only a few players slotted in. Andy, um, yeah, uh, both goals be the same. Obviously, bounds and whistle. Uh, there's any change there, but I've got a slight difference from my third goal in, and some may disagree, some may agree, but 
Um, I've gone for a different, another young um, person. I've gone for Rennie Mar, who is currently playing for Swindon. Uh, he's put some really good points uh, in, that, in that league. Bear in mind that it is the NIHL, but he's still put some good points. Uh, he's got elite, elite league experience, uh, and, and for me, I think he's another one of the upcoming guys, and, and when called upon, it's it's been pretty good, so uh, that's why I've chosen Rennie Ma. Uh, in my defence, I've chosen Paul Swindlehurst, Josh Batch, Evan Mosey because he's he's on the uh, position on elite prospects, Craig Moore, Jeremy Lundine, uh, Dallas Earhart, Stephen Lee. My forwards are Liam Kirk, Lewis Hook, Mike Hammond, Brett Pellini, Sam Duggan, Matt Myers, Luke Ferrara, Jordan County, Kieran Long, Ollie Betteridge. Robert Farmer, Robert Lakovich, Ben O'Connor, Robert Dads, and Jonathan Phillips. GM Griff, who you took him? I take Bounds and Whistle as well. But for me, I went with more for like for the third goal. I went with like experience, so I choose Mitt, Stephen Murphy. In defence, I choose Richardson, Swindlehurst, O'Connor. Josh Batch, Davy Phillips, Stevie Lee, Evan Mosey, and Josh Tetlow. Forwards, I'd pick Captain General Phillips, Robert Dowd, Matty Myers, Ben Davis, Liam Kirk, the guy that got us there, Robert Farmer, Brett Polina, Luke Ferrara, Jordan County, Colin Shields, Lewis Hook, Kieran Long, Mike Hammond and Ben Lake. So the team I'd take, Jim Jim Grant goes. So I I, I toyed with the third one. Whistle and bounds, they they're fine. It's the third. Do you go with youth, give them the experience, the opportunity, or do you go for someone who worse comes to us when they gets injured, and someone who could step in? I've gone down that route, and I've I've gone uh, Stephen Murphy. So my my defenseman um, in no order is Mark Garside, Ben O'Connor, Paul Swindlers, David Phillips, Stevie Lee, Mark Richardson, Josh Batch, Josh Tetlow. My forwards, Ben Davis, Jonathan Phillips, Liam Kirk, Mike Hammond, Karen Long, Brett Pellini, Robert Farmer, Luke Ferrara, Rob Dowd, Matt Myers, Sam Duggan, um, Jordan County, Colin Shields and Evan Mosey. Bit of experience, bit of youth. As we speak now, that would be the team I'd take. But, you know, we've got 25 games left in the playoffs. So much could change. This is a thing, So the question it? I would be throwing to the, to the listeners is, who do you put on the plane? Let us know via Twitter, Facebook. Let us know the team you take to Slovakia as it, as it stands now. This is a thing. It's difficult to say because, obviously, I mean, Pete Russell's got... Uh, the rest of the season to watch the players obviously I mean another thing that that it's difficult to take into account is obviously you never know what, what the injury situation is going to be um, I know that was it Garside that didn't didn't lace up last year for the, for GB it looked like that was due to injury you never know what's going to happen um, at the end of the day you know the playoffs can be a, can be a grueling time you, you get players that are obviously out injured I mean Davy Phillips is out injured at the moment currently set to return 
Um, I, I don't know when his when his when his return is, but you're currently set to return. I would imagine around playoff time, at least. So you know, would hopefully be back by that point. But you never know who's you know what's going to happen. Obviously, you've got to have those reserves there as well, and you never know who's going to outperform. Um, so it's certainly an interesting thing to think about. But you never know. We might be sat here in a couple of months' time with a completely different team in front of us. Um, has anybody else got anything they want to add with that, or do we go into the next fixtures? I'm getting a lot of noddy slash shaky heads. So we'll go with the next fixtures. Um, so same as last week, guys. I've got them written down so that we can keep track. Um, I did note down who said what last week. I had a terrible Saturday and then a storming Sunday. Um, I got one right on the Saturday out of five games. And then I got five, five right out of five on the Sunday. So, um, I mean, in fairness, Dave was very similar. Dave got two right on the... Uh, on the Saturday and then again was 100% on the Sunday so very mixed bag we were all above 50% which is the good thing um, Andy in fact was actually bang on 50% so out of 10 games Andy was the bottom of the pack this time round 5 out of 10 I was second to the bottom with 6 you've then got Dave in second uh, with 7 and then Gref again stormed the pack with 8 out of 10 so an 80% success rate this week for Gref so, if you uh, followed Gref's predictions on an accumulator, you might have just come out with a bit of money in your back pocket. Um, moving on to the fixtures this week. Uh, again, we've only got well, we've got Saturday, Sunday, and then I've added the Wednesday fixture as well. That's a free sports fixture, but I've added that on there as well, just in case we can't get the recording done by then. Um, so, they're the fixtures to go through. Um, can we do it the same as last week so I can keep a note down? So, we'll go Andy, then Gref, then Dave. And then me, as we're going through the predictions, it just makes it easier for me to write them down. So, the first game, Saturday the 12th of Jan, we have the Guildford Flames versus the Coventry Blaze. Andy, what do you reckon? Guildford. Guildford. Greth? Guildford. Dave? Guildford. Full house for the first game, because I'm going to say Guildford as well. Then we've got Clan versus Devils in Glasgow. Andy. Devils. Cardiff. Cardiff. And again, a full house, Cardiff. Uh, then we've got MK Fife. Suspect this might split the bag a little bit. Fife. I'm going to say MK. Split the bag straight away. Dave? See, I'm going to go MK as well. Home game for MK. It's difficult to say. Fife have had some good form. I'll go with Andy. I'll go with Fife. Uh, then we've got Panthers, Storm. Probably guess what Greth's going to say, but we'll start with Andy again. Uh, Panthers. Storm, obviously. Storm. I'm going to leave Andy on his own I'm going to go with you Greff yeah I'm going with both of you I'm saying Storm as well um, and then the last game on Saturday Steelers versus Stars can Omar Pasha get that first elusive win against the Steelers Andy what do we reckon I hope not uh, Steelers <laughs> I'd laugh if he did but I'm going to say Steelers I'd cry he's not going to do it Steelers win I say Steelers as well, so we've got a full house on that one. 
Uh, and then moving on to, hold on, I've just realised I've written S down for our answers, and it's Steel. Oh, I've just written ST. It's Steelers stars. They both start with ST. Missing an eye there, aren't you? Missing an eye, mate. Charming, that, isn't it? <laughs> Brilliant. Not quite sure what you mean there, Andrew. <laughs> Moving on to Sunday the 13th of January. Moving on very swiftly to Sunday the 13th of January. We have uh, Glasgow Clan and a Milton Kings Lightning. What do we reckon, Andy? Keep the filth to yourself. <laughs> I, I think Milton Keynes. Milton Keynes. Griff? I think Clan. Clan. Would it be in Glasgow? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna say Clam. Um, we have the following ST game: it's Stars versus Steelers in Dundee. Uh, Andy, what do we think? Um, I think Dundee. Oh, so you think Pasha's gonna get the win? Yeah, I think Steelers are gonna win it. Keep waiting, Omar. Steelers gonna win it. You know, part of me wants to say the stars, but then the other part of me kind of just every time we play Dundee, we make it look like they're going to get the points, and then we just take them away. Particularly in the last game at the last minute, uh, I'm, I'll go with Steelers, but it it could go either way for me. It's, it'll be a close one, I think. Then we've got Blaze Flames in Coventry. Guildford. Coventry. Coventry. Now I'm going to stick with Andy. I'm going to go with Guildford. So we've split 50-50 on that one. Uh, we've then got Storms versus Fife. Storms? Storm versus Fife in Manchester. Again, we can probably guess what, guess what Greth is going to say. But first we go with Andy again. Storm. I'm going to say Storm as well. I'm going to go Storm as well. And I'm going to go Storm for a full house on that one. Uh, and then we've got Devils, Panthers to conclude the Sunday. Devils. Devils. Part of it wants to say the Panthers, but then the last time I said that, I've got a hunch about this team beating Cardiff and Cardiff. They lost 9-0. So, Cardiff. You realise you don't get the points if the, if the Panthers then win it as well. You can't say, well, I said it first. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to go with Devils Football as well. Where you take your first answer. <laughs> if it suits. If it suits. Uh, yeah, yes. no, I'm going to go Devils as well. We'll get 100% on that one. Uh, the last game that we'll go with, as I say, is that Wednesday game. It's a free sports game. We can probably guess what Greth is going to say again because it is the Storm versus the Flames in Manchester. Storm. Flames. I'm going to, Sorry, Graf. I'm going to go with me waving on TV, but also Storm. I'm going to go with Dave. I think Flames. Be an interesting Dave game, though. Great on TV last time against Coventry. Yeah, and in fairness, you know, I think either way, it's it's got the potential to be a close game. Another good, uh, another good example for our league on free sports again. I think with that game, so. Yeah, 50-50 split on that one. So, we are um, 
we are done on those. That's the last one, as I say, on that one. So we'll keep those to the side and uh, we'll make sure we top up as to who's got what again next week. Um, Dave, there are a number of ways that you can get hold of us on social media, aren't there? Seeing as though I stole your um, CHL teams earlier on, do you want to go through the social media for us? Yes, you did. I'm still sulking. No, joking aside. Of course, there's... Um, and everyone's input in, in, into this makes the show better, so please carry on sending through. Um, on Facebook, My Fans Boney Podcast. On Twitter, MFZ Podcast. Um, if you've listened to this um, production... Tell us what refs you'd send to Kasichi. Tell us if we're right about Blair Riley. Um, give us your thoughts. Give us your inputs. Ask us questions. I mean, we've got people from Sheffield, from Belfast. Um, ask us questions. Carry it on. It helps us. It gives us something to talk about. Certainly does. It's also it's nice to get questions from other from fans from other teams. Um, it's it's easy for us to to go to head more towards the the orange headlines and the Manchester headlines. Uh, obviously, with, with with those being our teams, so you know if we if we've got any other fans that are listening, fans from other teams, particularly, it'd be nice to see some Scottish teams. There's some questions coming from some Scottish fans to see what see if you guys have got any questions. But it'd be nice to see questions from any team. To be fair, um, you know, maybe maybe ask questions that we haven't thought about or, or get into areas that we haven't thought about. But as Dave said, they're the ways that you can get in touch. Um, we apologise. We don't always put the, the tweets out or, the, or the, the posts out on Facebook requesting questions. We're not always 100% sure when we're going to be recording it until we end up actually recording. So if you put your questions to us anyway, obviously we'll keep an eye out. And if we see them, obviously we'll uh, we'll get those answered on the podcast. So ask them at any point. But we will try and put the, the posts out asking for questions if we can. Uh, but for the time being, that brings us to another, the end of another episode. So, Dave, thank you very much, sir. Thank you for having me, and um, again, thanks everyone for listening in. Yeah, and Andy, thank you very much again. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Greth, and thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, pleasure as always. And Greth, you're welcome. Have you managed to get your teeth for Christmas? No. No. Well, but you're saving the best till last anyway. So, thank you. <laughs> no worries. Thanks a lot, bud. And thank you to everybody that's listening. Well, to I guess you know where. Well, it, it's not always true, to be fair. It depends. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you to everybody that's been listening to another episode of My Fancy Zamboni. Thank you very much.